hey, let's figure out a way to change the way B2B sales and marketing is done forever. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky. Welcome back. And on today's show, we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to turn things on its head with my guest, Sangram Vadri. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, Sangram, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Listen, uh, before we get rolling, I think you already know this, but I have a question I love to ask my guests. What leader has inspired you, Sangram, and why? It's a great question, man. And I've been thinking about this, and I feel like I have to go with Mark Benioff, who's the CEO of Salesforce. And it's just my being at Salesforce for a couple of years and starting to see what stories and emotional understanding of what your customers are all about and what they care about can change an entirely new category, can be created around it. He just opened up an entirely new part of my brain that I I really did not appreciate as much as I I do now. Knowing that has just totally transformed me of the kind of person and leader I am today at my own organization. Wow, what a great answer. And I got to say, it's very pertinent, I think, to our conversation today because you came to work at Salesforce in a bit of a roundabout way. If I understand things correctly, and please stop me if I'm wrong. You ran a little speedboat, a marketing division in the company called Pardot. You guys were acquired by Exact Target. That is correct. They're based out of Indy. So it was pretty awesome to get acquired by a really gigantic company based out of Indy. Here you are. You're at this little speedboat, Pardot. You're running the marketing division and your little speedboat gets swallowed by a pretty big fish out there. Let's call it a shark, Exact Target. And then they, in turn, get swallowed by a whale, which is Salesforce.com. So you go from this speedboat, and all of a sudden, you're in this 10,000-person corporation. That must have been quite a bit of a thing to get used to for you. Absolutely, man. I still remember when, when we got acquired by Exact Target, I got a new manager in line with the new organization. He said, hey, you remember whatever you're doing at Pardot, that's like 1x. Now that you're acquired by Exact Target, think 10x. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Uh, 10x makes sense. And then six months later, Salesforce acquires Exact Target, and by that, obviously Pardot. So he said, hey, remember we talked about 10x six months ago? I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm working on it. I'm thinking 10x, I'm thinking big. Oh, forget about 10x. Now that you're part of Salesforce, think 100x. (laughs) Mind and change my idea of what scale meant. Oh, that's hilarious. That's in the span of a half a year. You had to go from 1x to to 100x. That's crazy. Um, Now, I also know that something happened when you were at Salesforce. I know that in about 2015, you co-founded Terminus, the company that you're currently heading up. And many of our listeners may not know this. Even the name Terminus has actually got a, a hidden meaning in it. That is the original name of the city of Atlanta, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the story has been really exciting of like, being part of Salesforce and Pardot and Exact Target and just being in the MarTech space has exposed me to a ton of very, very interesting things that are happening in the B2B space. I think people who are familiar with B2B MarTech space, there are about 5,000 marketing technologies today that have emerged in the last five years, has been making 
CMOs bananas because it's been really hard to kind of figure out which company to go for and what do you need. And you clearly cannot have 5,000 tools. So how do you prioritize? So CMOs are getting more budget and getting more tools, but the challenge still remain between sales and marketing being aligned and the CMO tenure tenure being like less than two years or three years, which has been the, the story. So I think that's really got led, you know, led us to kind of start Terminus with two, two of my co-founders. And the whole point was, hey, let's figure out a way to change the way B2B sales and marketing is done forever. And let's figure out a way to talk about it in a way that, that it makes sense and change the way people have been thinking about it. Maybe and just maybe there's a better way to do it. Here's my admission. I was in sales for many years working for big companies. I think that whole concept of the sales funnel. How many prospects are you working on? How many of those are going to become likely? How many of those are going to become customers? But you completely flip that model on its head. When I heard about this philosophy, this whole concept of taking the sales funnel and flipping it on its head and what Terminus is up to, it really twisted with my mind. I really had trouble trying to figure it out. And I think that's because the whole concept of the sales funnel has been ingrained in my mind so deeply. There's more logic in this concept. It's more natural. It's a little bit like waking up one day and realizing that for the last 10 years, you've been trying to push water uphill. And suddenly you realize that it is much more natural and easier to let that water flow downhill and simply channel it and capture it in the pools that make the most sense for your business. Now, you've written a book on this. You've written a book called Account-Based Marketing. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes. So anybody who's listening right now, and if this whole concept is capturing your attention, you just scroll down and you'll see that link to Amazon to that book, Account-Based Marketing. If you don't mind, I would love it if you could walk us through this journey. How did all of this come about? I'd love to hear when the light bulb went off with you or if it was a gradual thing. Maybe some of your leadership philosophies that you've developed some of the cool things you're doing at Terminus, and where do you see all of this heading in the days, weeks, and months ahead? The story is very interesting, and it's almost like surreal for me because I still think about it. I was at a MarTech conference shortly after co-founding Terminus in San Francisco. I was just trying to get the lay of the land. You know, as I said, there are like 5,000 companies now. It's like, well, how do people market? How do you people talk to marketers? And what's going on? Let me just have a very kind of like just absorb what's going on without trying to sell or do anything. And that's what I did. And then I was flying back from San Francisco to Atlanta. I was uh, stuck in a middle seat next to two drunk people. And I have no idea why they were drinking separately and, and just going crazy. So I felt like I needed to kind of zone out for like five hours of my flight, right, in the middle seat. So I just put my headsets on and started just scribbling the traditional funnel, as everybody knows, broad at the top and narrow at the bottom. And out of pure curiosity or frustration because of my neighbors, I just flipped it on its head. And the flip my funnel philosophy was kind of born because I started to kind of say, well, if it has to be a funnel, why not just flip it? And I flipped it and I started to create these stages, namely identify, expansion, engagement, and advocacy. Those are the four stages. And the whole idea was that what if we were only going after the right accounts only reaching out to the people in the company that can influence that deal, engage those people on their terms and turn them into advocates. What if we use that model as opposed to this broad where you're literally standing outside on a freeway with a, a hand wash sign and 
and hoping cars will stop by. Instead of using that frame model, why not actually start uh, something where you know who you're going after? Because in B2B, that's very clear. It just really was amazing. And by the time I came there, you know, landed, I had a blog written down that I put it on LinkedIn that kind of went viral that led us to put together uh, eight different events called Flip My Funnel. Um, the last event we did, we had like 1,500 people with 60 sponsored, 100 speakers attending that conference in San Francisco just in a matter of two years for a very early stage startup. And we've gone from like three co-founders sitting in Atlanta to 120 people right now. And we call ourselves Terminators. <laughs> I love it. Uh, rightfully so. Just kind of snowballed and has emerged into a category of itself where Salesforce, Marketo, and everybody else is now part of that ecosystem and wanting to promote it. It has been a, just a phenomenal experience of two and a half years. I think this is just great. And I love what you call yourselves. What is it again? Yeah, we call ourselves Terminators. Terminators. What a way to generate some good team dynamics around the office. Absolutely. We, we also have uh, another phrase that we love using, and it's on the wall in our office. We call it keys to the Ferrari. The whole idea is that, hey, we don't want an elaborate culture code or anything like that. We just want a phrase that will just explain and share the passion that we have for what we do. Right. And we came up with this keys to the Ferrari idea because if you close your eyes, and if don't do that if, if you're driving, but if you close your eyes and imagine you're driving a Ferrari, imagine you're in a driving seat, the feelings that you would get out of it is that you're going at a top speed, you're fearless, you're limitless. You're winding the road up and down, and, and you are unstoppable. And if that's the feeling we want each and every Terminator to have when they walk in and out of our company or thinking about what we do. And that has really helped the Terminators. Having keys to the Ferrari has been a great way to channel that. I can't wait to come and see your company. I'm going to sit there with my cup of coffee and watch people walk in. Because I can just imagine when people get to work at Terminus, they're actually really excited to get to work. We absolutely love what we're doing, and we have been very lucky and humbled to have some of the success that we had in the last couple of years. So you're really kind of shining a light on a better way for a lot of organizations out there. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we, and we literally just hired a CFO uh, last week, and she said, and she has been with like multiple companies, and she said, you know, it's been very interesting that this is a problem that every B2B organization faces. Where is my marketing dollars going and where should I spend my next dollar? And it's really, really hard to, to kind of answer that question. And what we're really saying is that, hey, look, stop looking at the leads or every single form fill that you get on your website, because guess, guess what? It might be an intern trying to do a research. Let's stop calling them leads and focusing on them. Let's create a list of accounts you want to go after that you know are best fit accounts and then really find how much penetration sales and marketing together can have in those accounts. And that's where we look at the pipeline and revenue. So your forecasting becomes a lot more measurable and predictable. And that really completely changes the game of having a CMO seat at the table. And I think for me, it has been a very transformational journey because it is a very, very hard thing to do. It's not easy because most companies are pressure driven that says, hey, we need 10,000 leads to generate 40 opportunities that will close four deals. Unfortunately, if the close rate is down, then you have to generate now 20,000 leads. And it's just a crazy kind of mad game. So we're just totally flipping on its head and saying, well, instead of thinking about generating 10,000 or 20,000 leads, let's just think about 500 accounts that fit your ideal customer profile 
that you know your solution was going to solve their challenges. You have some customer case studies to support that. So let's go after them strategically across mobile, Facebook, LinkedIn, web videos, like online channels, maybe even do direct mail, maybe even do whatever we do. Let's do it together as sales and marketing. So we become, when, when we close a deal, we're not saying, oh, marketing should take credit or sales should take credit. We say marketing and sales close an account, which is super exciting. I think we can say that the way that people have been doing things before with here's how many introductions I need to make to get so many prospects, to get so many quotations out there, proposals out there. It's a little bit like throwing spaghetti at the fridge to see what sticks, isn't it? You are absolutely right. I think that's where I feel like it also goes back to leadership, right? Is is like what kind of company do you want to build? A company that kind of burns and churns through a ton of different contacts that may or may not be a fit and it's a coin-operated machine? Or do you want to build that has a lasting legacy where it changes the way perceptions are made about the results that you're going to have? And now you're building a product or a platform that's going to fundamentally change the way companies operate. Their financial model is going to change because it's no longer about volume. It is about value and it's about the right accounts as opposed to number of leads. I think it has so many repercussions across the organization to kind of streamline where less is really, really more because you can deliver great value on it. If we're trying to get into many, many different companies, we're only skimming the surface. We really don't know much about them. We don't know many people in there. If we're using the guided laser focus that your approach takes, then we're getting in deep. Then we're understanding. Instead of just knowing one or two people in the company, we may know 16 people and what makes them tick, what their currency is, and what really drives them. Absolutely, Terry. I think the big part that I'm seeing people are missing out is on the value of time. People completely forget sometimes that time is by far outside of the people as the greatest asset. Time is the next greatest asset, I think, in the organization that people do not value as much. They value it, but they don't show that in their actions. So going after 10,000 leads that may or may not fit a criteria versus going after 50 accounts that have the highest propensity to be your customer, the quality of conversations, the amount of time wasted on weeding out the waste is just insane. So you really start thinking about, well, am I running an organization that is burning and churning or am I running an organization that is super effective at this stuff? And we literally know enough to care about who we go after. So I think the, the idea of time has become a very, very critical part for me as an entrepreneur now. And also when I think about the product and a platform that we're trying to build is that are we giving people time back in their day? And if we can do that, and we can simplify it, and we can make it a little bit easy, then we have an opportunity to make a real difference. This old way, this old school concept of the sales funnel, it's been around for more than just decades. It's been around for, let's face it, probably hundreds of years. People have been doing it this way. And you actually saw something that was right under our noses all this time that everybody missed. And that is a way of sort of flipping this whole thing on its head and really kind of taking this concept in a whole different direction. So first of all, bravo for that. I think that that is, it's really something. It's significant. Uh, it's hard to find significance in this world of so much noise and distortion out there. But what I'm really wondering about is when you see one of your clients that you've really changed the way that they do business or you see that their success takes off exponentially. As somebody who found this better way and is really behind the results that your clients are finding, how does that make you feel? 
<laughs> I mean, it's a very humbling process, right? Because I set out to solve my own problem, right? That's a problem that I faced as a CMO at a uh, startup company, as well as at a very big, gigantic company. And I'm like, there got to be a better way to stop fighting and trying to take credit for stuff and start fighting together and make it a better experience so that at the end of the year, we're all like hugging it out and high-fiving and <laughs> enjoying the process of it. Like I hated those board conversations where it was all about, well, should marketing should get credit for this or should sales? And we're like, well, let's face it. Every single deal is closed by a salesperson, not a marketing person. So sales should get 100% credit for it. And every single person who comes and buys something actually looks at the website. So marketing should get, like, it, it was just such a baby-oriented conversation that just frustrated me. Yeah. So I feel like if we can, in a small way, make people happy about what they do and how they do things together, I think it's a big win for me as for my life. And where is all of this going? If we could take the magic wand out or stare into that crystal ball, is this something that's going to take off with more organizations? Is this something that's going to evolve? Yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. And I try to look into the crystal ball every day to figure that part out. I think in reality, I do think that this is going to be in three years from now, when we look at this and how accountants marketing such a new thing is going to be like B2B marketing. It will be three years from now, somebody's going to ask a question is like, oh, so targeting the right accounts and getting our message in front of the right people on the channels that they care about and then turning them into advocates, that's a new thing, right? That should be the obvious thing. We should always be doing this stuff, right? So this is going to be a standard, a good way, a healthy way to go and do B2B uh, marketing and sales. So I feel like it is going to become status quo three years from now. I think what's going to change is how good we are about humanizing this entire experience. People are moving more and more into robotics and AI and bots. And I think all of those are efficiency things. But what's really people buy from people, we all believe that, we all see that, especially when it comes to complex and large sales cycles, people are going to find and work with people who feel like the other company or whoever they're buying from care about them more. So the storytelling, which is why I'm a big fan of Mark Benioff, the the idea of empathy around the like what the customers really care about, all of those things are going to become so much more important because you can't really commoditize that. Yeah, I think you have an absolutely brilliant concept, a brilliant approach to things. I think it's an idea whose time has come. And I think the big thing right now is making sure that enough people hear about this and become exposed to this. But before we let you go, I have two questions for you, if you're okay with that. Absolutely. You're up for the challenge, are you? Fired up. Okay. Here's my first one. What challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders? The biggest challenge, and I face it, and I face it even today, is the idea of like leading myself better in order to lead others better. Uh, so it's almost to the point, a lot of times we think that as because we have a title or started a company, like we assume ourselves as leaders, and that couldn't be far from truth. So the best thing that we need to do or I need to do, I feel like, is to lead myself better from beginning of the day to the end of the day where I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing and I know what how to prioritize things and I'm prioritizing the right things and I'm having empathy and all that stuff so that I have the ability to lead others better. You have no idea how much respect I have for that answer. Nobody's ever answered that before, Sangram. And I can tell you as an executive coach, that's where my coaching starts. We start with leading self first before leading teams or organizations. 
Bravo for that. You ready for my second question? Let it happen. What does inspired leadership mean to you? In order to be an inspired leader, you have to be inspired yourself. Well, I think what I've also realized is that you have to also find what others are inspired to do and what that impact could have. Because I can tell somebody to do 50 different things every day. And they would do all of it because there's a paycheck. But if I can find out what is it that inspires them, what is it for that will help them from a personal perspective, personal growth perspective, or a future growth perspective, I'm always looking for it. Like, what is it in it for this or in that person? And once I find out what inspires the other person, then I would find ways to create initiatives that will allow this person to be completely unleashed because this person is going to go crazy and make magic happen. To me, that's inspired leadership. It's not inspired leadership is to follow me. It is to other, let other people have inspired thoughts and ability to do what they need to do. And we just create a way to make that happen. Incredible. Love it. Absolutely love it. Sangram Vadre, I love that you've been on this show. Your message resonates with me. And I think it's really going to lock in with a lot of other people too. People are going to want to connect with you. I'm going to promise you that right now. How can they do that? Thanks for the opportunity, Terry. And I'm pretty active on social, so you can do it at Sangram Vajare, or you can just email me at sangram.vajare at terminus.com. Well, as we said before, I'll have the show notes all up to date. The website will be up there, links to your book, which I think I said before was account-based marketing, but it's actually account-based marketing for dummies, isn't it? Yeah, it is the Wiley's uh, Dummies publication. Sangram, thank you so much for being part of Inspiring Leaders wonderful message and I wish you the absolute best. I hope more and more and more people understand this, figure it out and find you. Thank you so much, Terry, for the opportunity and I hope it inspires someone. And thanks everybody for being part of this show. You're the reason that we're doing this. You're the reason that we can get guys like Sangram Vajri on this show and showcase some of the great examples of leadership that we're hearing about today. So thank you very much for being part of it encourage all of you to head over to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play and hit those stars. Let us know if you're enjoying this show. Keep our motivation up by keeping us motivated with those stars and the feedback in the comments. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Have yourself a great day and we'll talk to you all again next time. (laughs) 